Hi, everyone. You are listening to Start Inspired. I am your host, Samantha March. This is my podcast designed to give you a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation, helping you start inspired and stay inspired. Let's jump into today's episode. Well, hello. Thank you for tuning in to a new episode of Start Inspired. I am really looking forward to sharing this conversation that I had with Hannah Louise Poston. Now, Hannah Louise Poston is a YouTuber. She is also a writer, but she actually kicked off her YouTube channel doing a no-buy year. So she is a beauty YouTuber. Her very first video on YouTube was talking about how she was not going to be buying any makeup for an entire year. And she documented that journey on YouTube, what it felt like, what it was that she wanted to be buying, how it felt not buying anything after three months, six months, eight months, and how her no buy year really changed her outlook on her shopping habits. I really wanted to bring Hannah on because not only is she a friend of mine, she is someone who I've been able to meet in person uh, a couple times now, and we have so much fun together. We have so much in common, and she's just such a joy to talk to, but also because she has been probably the most requested guest for me to bring on to this podcast. Uh, I know that she is very well-loved on YouTube, and a lot of people really wanted to listen in to what a conversation between the two of us would sound like. And it's so funny to me because we really talk about all of the things. I wanted to talk to her about why she decided to start YouTube and where she found that inspiration, why she was so um, you know, insistent on doing this no buy year and then transitioning into a beauty budget. But we just talk about so many different things. And it's just a very raw, authentic conversation between two women. And I really hope that you enjoy it or take something away from it. So without further ado, here is my conversation with YouTuber and writer, Hannah Louise Poston. All right. Hello, Hannah. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be a guest. I am super thrilled to have you on. Uh, Before we get started, do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? Yes. uh, My name is Hannah Louise Poston, and I have a YouTube channel in the beauty space. I'm also a writer, and I have a website about my writing. So if you're interested in that, it's hannahlouiseposton.com. That's pretty much it for me right now. I used to run a small business making tango clothes. I'm also a tango dancer, but tango is pretty much canceled right now (laughs) for the foreseeable future. Uh, So I'm not dancing and I actually had to close my business. I'm not making clothes anymore either, uh, which means that I'm really focused right now on my writing and my YouTube channel. So Samantha, you and I are really peas in a pod in that way. Yes. Yes, we are. Uh, and, and we both live in LA. Okay. I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding on that part. I'm in Iowa, but I have visited you and I had a blast and the weather was amazing when oh, I was there the so two times. <laughs> and that makes me really sad to hear. So, I mean, I've been, I mean, I've been following your YouTube channel for a very long time. Cause I can't remember when people started mess like leaving comments on my video about you should really check out this Hannah you should really check out this Hannah so I mean I've been following your journey for oh for almost pretty much since you started it wasn't too long into your channel that I started watching your videos um but then we I have to say I remember the first time you commented on a video I lost 
my mind. <laughs> I lost my actual mind because I'd been watching you. I mean, I, I got into watching the YouTube beauty videos towards the end of 2016. And I didn't start my channel until the beginning of 2018. So I had this like year and a half solid of just being deep in it as a mm-hmm. viewer. Mm-hmm. And of course you were one of my favorites as soon as I discovered you. And so it was like a celebrity, like it was like a rock star had commented on my little, I was just, I couldn't believe it. I was so excited. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. I love that. You know, I always, I, I recommend to people to, leave comments because you know as a youtube creator i'm always like you know oh if you comment or if you like the video it helps with the algorithm so i always think like i should do that back to to others you know treat others how you want to be treated and everything but also it's it's a really good way to connect with people because if if you're just kind of i'll say i'll say like a silent lurker it's hard to know who's watching you or how to connect with people. Cause I have found so many people through my comment section and, but also you never know, like how you were saying, like, you just never know when it could make someone's day. Like yeah. I, I I've had large YouTubers comment on my YouTube videos or my Instagram. And I'm like, wait, what you saw this? Like, yeah. I remember the first time Casey Holmes actually shared one of my videos on her Snapchat oh. and <laughs> I remember seeing it and being like, wait, is that my Snapchat? But it says yeah. Casey's name, but I can see that that's my video. What's going on? And she had posted one of my Will I Buy It videos and said like, I just love this series. And I was like, she watches my YouTube videos? Yeah. Like I was super like, how is this even possible? I mean, that was a lot, many years ago when Snapchat was a cool thing, but it, I mean, it was it was so exciting for me. So it's Aww. also very encouraging because I was quite, really quite small. I mean, my channel's not, you know, gigantic now by any means, but it was like really small. And it just, it really like helped to light a fire under me. It helped me to believe in myself and to keep oh. going. And that's one of the things I try when I, you know, poke around and I see like people starting channels and little channels popping up. I always try to make sure I like give it give it time, give it some views and let the person know that I've been watching because especially at the beginning, it's so much about being consistent, Mm -hmm. continuing to put out that content. And the more you do it, the better you get at it and the faster you can develop your style. And, you know, the, the more fluid it gets, the more comfortable you get. And I think sometimes just one little comment from someone who's been doing it for longer than you being like, I watched, like I watched your video. It can really help someone commit to that process of being consistent rather than just letting themselves kind of like fall off the wagon and letting the channel fade out. So you really helped me with that. That means a lot to hear. I, I, you know, I haven't thought of it that way, but that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense because it's, yeah, it's, it's what happened to me when my channel started to get noticed by other people or I would hear, um, who was I watching? Oh, Rob Beauty Christie was doing a video once. It was like a Q and A and I had sent in a question and she was reading them and she was like, and this question is from Samantha March. Oh, hey, I know her. Hey, Samantha. I was yeah, like, awesome. wait, what? Who, me? I'm like looking around my office like, did she just say my name? I'm so confused. She knows me. Like it really does give you this certain level of motivation because 
you know, sometimes with YouTube, it can be very isolating. We don't have employee meetings or (laughs) team potlucks and always checking in with each other and seeing how we're doing. And you, you have to really make those own connections for yourself. But it's almost once you see someone leave a comment, it gives you a little bit more like, oh, maybe I can reach out and message them. And or you know, it, it can start to form that type of bond or friendship yeah. or whatever it may be. And I think that's a really cool thing. I'm glad that you said that. Money is all around us, and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it, and what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? Join us on the Make More podcast as our host, Matt Heslin, brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together, they unpack the secrets to not just surviving, but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. Oh, thanks. Well, you're amazing. You've always been so community-minded, so generous with your time. Thank you. Thank you. I I appreciate that. I try to make people feel welcome just because I know it's so hard. Like, Yeah, it's so hard. Yeah. I've only been doing YouTube for five years, but I've been doing social media for – when did I start? In 2009. So, I mean, I've been doing social media as a whole for a very long time, and I know how – how hard it can be and how isolating. And, you know, especially when I first started having so many people be like, you're doing what now? You're <laughs> blogging? What is that? Do you make money from that? Like it just, I know. I've seen it really progress and grow. And it can be really daunting when you start in the beginning because so many people have told me when they first start, they don't tell anybody in their yeah. real life. They really keep it on the down low, they don't tell anybody. Because there is, no matter what, no matter how big you are, no matter how small you are, there's always a very strange feeling of putting yourself on the internet because you do kind of have to not be another person, but you kind of, you have to put a little bit of something, something into your videos, you know, like it's, you're not a full on entertainer, but kind of in a sense, you're wanting to entertain people. You want people to click on your videos. You want to draw people in. So you kind of have to sometimes put it on a little bit, even if you just spent the last hour crying because you burnt your waffles or something, right. like you can't go on camera and be like, my waffles, like, yeah. you know, so you got to put something into it and then someone else can see it online and be like, can you believe she was like doing that dance or said yeah. that? And no, it is. Hard. YouTube is it's such hard. a, it, it's hard. It's such a weird balance between mm-hmm. being yourself, being authentic and being performative you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you, you have to polish it a little bit. You just have mm-hmm. to because you're you're creating something. And so in that act of creation, inherently there's some curation, some polishing. So there's a degree to which you're polishing yourself up, but it also, if it were too polished or you know, too kind of clean, it wouldn't be the style of social media content that you and I make. I mean, there is Mm -hmm. some social media content that's like that, that's very highly produced and incredibly stylized, but it's not what our community thrives on. So I feel like we're always walking this line between not performing and performing. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I also feel like what kind of goes along with that is that there's this weird feeling, this weird combined feeling. I, I feel simultaneously like no one's watching and like everyone in the world is watching. Mm-hmm. And that's a really difficult, it's hard to just, it's hard to figure out kind of what to say and how to act with those two opposites, those two like juxtaposed feelings as the premises for what you're doing. It can be really disorienting, especially at the beginning. And, and that's, again, it's why community means so much just to be able to talk to other people who are doing this weird thing as well. And to hear them be like, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Cause when I watch you, you know, you don't seem like you're over there going like, this is weird. This is hard. Like you seem so put together. And then when we talk and you're like, yeah, it's weird. It's hard. I'm like, okay, it's not just me. Yeah. Yeah. Formed authenticity or like yeah. the, a line between what's real and what's not real and how fuzzy it is with social media. Yeah. yeah. It's like at the front of my, my thinking a lot. Yeah. Definitely. Sometimes I struggle saying that, you know, you can kind of be balancing between being this entertainer and uh, a, a relatable person because I don't want people to think like, oh, in your YouTube videos, you're acting or you're yeah. another person or you're not yourself because you are. Um, it just is, it is, like you said, it is something that you're creating and you're putting out there. And yeah. it's, so, so you know, sometimes I I will edit myself in my videos because if anyone watches my YouTube videos, I could talk all day long. I could talk <laughs> to you about anything and everything under the sun. I in my latest Will I Bite video, I went on a whole tangent about trying to find these pumpkin cookies, and <laughs> like it was like a whole thing. But I also really appreciated that half of the comments on that video were people telling me their favorite cookies, and I was yeah. like, I'm living for this. Like, thank you. So I was like taking screenshots. I was like, this is amazing. Thank you. Okay. Uh, but at the same time, it's like sometimes I can totally get off on my own different path. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll edit that down because I don't need to make a 40 minute video with 25 minutes being about my dog. Like I can, I can, you know, change this up. But uh, at the same time, I do try to keep those little parts in. Yeah. Just because that is me. (laughs) Yeah. You, if you want relatable, but also you want to hear about makeup at the same time, you're also going to hear me talking about cookies or my dog or nachos or whatever (laughs) it may be. It's usually food. So that's just, that's just another part of having me. So, but I also think about it with books because I do write fiction novels and the number of people that I have had over my life, (laughs) over my career as an author, I would say that have asked me or told me that they want to write a book about themselves. They're like, I think my life story is really interesting. I think this could make for a really good book. And even people that want to make it more of a fiction book, but they want to work their life into it. And they're like, do you think this is a good idea? And I'll I'll say to people like, it's really difficult to be that interesting of a person to create a whole book around it. And I don't say that in a rude way, but unless you're like a celebrity or another like well-known figure, not like your life is truly not going to be interesting enough for it to just translate to a fiction book. You have Uh to add in certain things. Like, again, that's where like the performative part comes in. You have to add in the suspense themes. You have to, you can't just put your life into a book and think it's going to be interesting. It doesn't work that way. That's just an interesting analogy, like tying it to the the idea of the question of authenticity or realness online. If you think about that, 
through the lens of like the idea of someone writing a fiction book that's just the story of their life without mm-hmm. editing it or enhancing it or stylizing it. I mean, I think a lot of things that are boring can become interesting if they're stylized. If you mm-hmm. use like a different a format, a different format, or if you you know organize the information in an in an artistic way or in a new way. Mm-hmm. But if you just like write down this happened and then this happened, yeah. and it's your life, yeah. No, I, I think about, I mean, I think you ha- with YouTube, unless it's just like a straight up live stream where you're just literally live streaming your life 24 seven with, with no editing and nothing, mm-hmm. there's always going to be some editing that you just have to do in order to get the format that you need to put the video up. Yeah. But even within that, within that structure, I think a lot about the question of like what we reveal and what we hide. And Mm -hmm. um, it comes up for me the most when I feel uncomfortable because I've, because I try to be very real. Like I try to Mm -hmm. be very authentic. I really try to share, you know, facets of myself instead of just keeping it to beauty. And I, I try, I talk the way that I talk. I look the way that I look. I don't try to like, um, I, I don't feel like I'm really that different. Mm-hmm. I'm not that different, you know, in person than I am on my videos. And sometimes that makes me really uncomfortable because when I, I published certain videos like this week, I did a Q and a video, like a long Q and a video. And so I, because I was answering my subscribers questions, I was talking about a lot of stuff that I don't usually talk about because it was a lot of topics that weren't necessarily beauty and not necessarily the usual content of my channel. And I know that I want to be authentic. And so for me to just read the questions and then answer them and then include my authentic reactions and my authentic answers in the video and then publish that video, that is what I want for myself. It's what I want for my channel. And it's what I want for my life. I don't want to feel like I'm hiding. Mm -hmm. But when the video went live, I was like worried. I was like, did I do something wrong? Because I feel like a lot of people on YouTube I was like, no one else is doing this, which isn't true. And actually I did think of you and I was having a little bit of a freak out the next day because (laughs) I was like, oh, it was so, I was like, I didn't try to sculpt it. I didn't make a plan. I didn't come up with a goal for how I wanted to appear and then try to meet that goal. I just did it. I was just myself. I, I didn't, I didn't script myself. And then I was like, but I was like, there, there must be something wrong with that. And it's going to go horribly wrong because other people seem like they're, you know, they're more scripted or they're more organized or they're, they're controlling themselves better. And then I thought about times in your channel when I've seen you like really go into stuff from your past and really open up about struggles and also stuff that's going on for you in the present and inserting things like the cookies and your day with (laughs) Aries and all of this stuff. And I thought about how, much that makes me feel connected to you and how much, how much, how that's kept me coming back to your channel. And then I was like, okay, calm down, Hannah. Like you're not the only person over here. Who's like, (laughs) who's just like showing up as herself and having that be the project. Yes, absolutely. And I have felt the same way because I have, again, I, it's sometimes it's so hard for me because a lot of people who know me as a a YouTuber, I think they, even though five years is a long time, don't get me wrong. That's a long time to be doing anything, whether 
including making videos for the internet. But I really started sharing myself on a very public level at a very young age, before social Mm -hmm. media, before the internet. Um, I am someone who I've given like speeches at schools about sexual abuse and how to report it and what to do. And so I have for a more than half of my life, I have spoke very openly about situations that I've gone through with large groups of people. And just, you know, now it happens to be that it's on, it's not a school full of kids, but it's an, an internet, you know, full of a different audience and it can get incredibly overwhelming. And, um, I have definitely looked to some other YouTubers who have opened up about their struggles. And Rob Beauty Christie was really one who, when she was talking about a lot of different things, like you said, you felt connected. And I also felt very connected when she was talking about her struggles. And I also felt very not alone. And I know that I get a lot of messages from people, whether they watch my videos or they read my books. But I will get so many messages from people saying, like, you've made me not feel alone in this situation because yeah. I've gone through, you know, this or that. And not that I ever want anybody to go through a terrible situation because it's awful and it sucks. But when people take the time to re- to write to me and tell me that I didn't make them feel alone because they've gone through it, that in turn is making me feel not alone. Yes. And it's such a valuable thing. And I'm so grateful for whenever anyone DMs me or emails me or leaves a comment because they are in turn helping me to be able to continue to share those stories on the internet because sharing your life online is not for everybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's hard. It's not for everybody. I don't recommend it for everybody. It's stressful. Like you said, when you do take a time and you make a video on a more personal topic or you're answering personal questions, you will second guess yourself all day long. Yeah. Once that video goes live, you'll think, should I have answered the question that way? Should I even have responded to that question? It's you will second guess yourself because the more you put out there, the more people have to judge you. Yeah. The more people have ammunition to know your weaknesses and your vulnerabilities and then be able to use that against you. And it's really hard. It's really, but at really the same time, the more At the same time, those are the moments that form bonds and those are the moments that really define, I, I mean, at least for me, that define my experience as a viewer of other mm-hmm. people. And those have been some of the moments that have defined the growth of my channel, or at least yeah. the strength of my connection with my, my people who yeah. are out there. I, I think that um, it's, yeah, it's been like the, the hardest ones and the ones that have caused me to second guess myself the most have also been the ones that have gotten the best response, but it yeah. is so uncomfortable to go through it. I mean, I think there would probably be something wrong with us, though, if there wasn't some, if it wasn't right. uncomfortable. And Joe always says to me, my my partner Joe always says, if you weren't like when negative, when I get negative responses, when like those judgy people come through and they take mm-hmm. that ammunition that I've given them by opening mm-hmm. up and they like, you know, tell use it to make stories up or to like to to come up with things that aren't true and say negative things. When those things happen, Joe always says, if that stuff wasn't happening, then you wouldn't be, you would, you'd be doing something wrong. 
you know, if you, if you, and and so he's coming at it kind of at it from the other direction. Like if you weren't giving of yourself enough to give people that ammunition, then you wouldn't be giving of yourself enough to be doing the work you want to be doing in the world. So it's just, it's just fallout of it. It's just a sign. And the the really positive spin that he has is he'll be like, you know, this is a sign that you're doing it right. This is a Mm -hmm. sign that you're doing it fully, Yeah, which is, you know, not always (laughs) comforting in the moment, but (laughs) at least it's something. Yes. I, well, I love that because it is, it is very true. It's good because it is true, but like you said, sometimes it's not always the most comforting, but if you can look past that and you can look past the uncomfortability of opening yourself up and you can realize how many people you're touching on such a deep level, it is one of the most rewarding feelings. So that's kind of what I come back to. And even through all of the things that I've been through in life, I'm like, you know, it's happening to me because I am okay to share it. Because like I said, not everybody can share their life online. And I absolutely do not, I would not expect the person, I could be in a room full of people and I would not expect one person in there to want to share their life online. It's a whole beast. But for those of us who are crazy enough that we want to be able to do that, I I think to myself, like, you know, I'm going through this situation because I'm going to be okay to share my story. I'm either going to put it in a book, I can put it in a YouTube video, or I can talk about it, and it's going to reach at least one person who's going through something similar, and it's going to help them. Because there's so many times that I've thought, man, I just want to find someone who's like me or is going through the same situations as me. And you know, I'm in my 30s. So growing up with no internet, no social media, there really wasn't a chance of that. All I had was the people that grew up on my street and went to my school. And now we have this plethora of people that we can connect with and that can help us through the hard situations. And I remember Samantha Ravendahl talking about anxiety and depression. And that was one of the first times I had ever heard a beauty YouTuber talking about those topics. And it was like when she spoke, I felt like she was speaking directly to me. Yeah. And it was just, it was such, I mean, I I always want to say life-changing to hear someone else be able to speak so freely on these topics because, you know, those are the types of things that are still so like hush-hush and they still have the stigma about them. And so for someone as beautiful and successful, and I think of Samantha Ravendahl as a very confident person. Yeah, for her to come on the internet to say like, this is what I deal with. Like, these are my problems. These are how I try to get help. I was like, this is a game changer. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's a game changer. I think she, Christy, like everybody and you, everyone who's doing it, everyone who's taking comfort and strength from seeing other people do it. And then using that to embolden themselves to also do it. I feel like we're all just moving the needle together and moving at least part of beauty YouTube in a new direction and changing the space a little bit to make it a community that's not just about makeup, but that does other things that communities do support each other, comfort each other, make each other feel less alone. I think it's particularly necessary in beauty YouTube because the beauty industry and like the world of beauty is kind of actually designed to do the opposite because the mm-hmm. less confident mm-hmm. that you feel, the more alone you feel, the more you're going to want to cover yourself up. And like yeah. the more you're 
And also for many people, the more you're going to want to buy because you, you buy stuff because you think it's going to be the thing that will fix you or that will make you feel better. So the industry side of beauty, I think really thrives on having people feel isolated and damaged because they're trying to fix that damage by buying stuff. Yeah. So I think that for that reason, it's something that we particularly need as a community. We need people to open up and be honest about their imperfections in this community that's obsessed, obsessed with perfection. And also for that reason, it's been kind of a long time coming. Like it's been, it's taken too long. The, The beauty industry on YouTube really got off the ground without that. And it's like, we're, there's like this late stage revolution of honesty and openness and trying to, it's trying to be comfortable with imperfections that's coming to balance out what came first, which was this like obsession with, you know, closed doors and, and perfection and like the, the image of a perfect life and keeping everything that wasn't perfect behind the screen. So agree with that. I love you always speak so eloquently. It's one thing I admire and I'm very jealous of you, but I just, you said that so, (laughs) you said that so beautifully about, you know, there's becoming this change of, of really being a community with one another. And I love that. And I agree with that so much because I see it more and more and more. And I, you know, Maybe the pandemic has taken a part in that too, but I think a a lot of YouTubers that I know on a personal level, we have really upped our game of like checking in with each other, Yeah. whether it be just emails or comments or DMs, but and a lot of us use Marco Polo. A lot of us have used Zoom and Google Hangouts to hang out with each other because I think we we can relate to each other on such a deeper level of oh gosh, like we're trying to do our work now, but there's a pandemic on top of it. There's a huge social justice, you know, movement happening. There's so much going on in our world right now. And our part of our job is to talk about beauty and makeup. And sometimes we can get the hate for it. Like, why are you talking about lipstick when there's all this other stuff going on? And it's like, oh my gosh, am I supposed to lose my job on top of everything? I don't know what to do. How do we balance all of it? It's been really difficult to know what to do and what to post. And are you too vocal? Are you vocal enough? Are you sharing? enough? like, it's, it's, it's definitely added a whole new layer (laughs) to what we do. And I think a lot of us have done such a good job of really checking in with each other because I think only we really understand what it is that we're going through and the pressures and how also a lot of us feel so passionate to be involved and to help and to do what we can. And sometimes at the end of the day, there's not a lot you can do and it can feel very frustrating and, and sad that we can't do more. So I've seen yeah, the community like step up so much. Yeah. yeah. Like this is our workplace. And I think that before the pandemic, for many of us, it was our practice to kind of work alone mm-hmm. and then to socialize with other people in our lives who we knew that were like our, not our work friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. now with the pandemic, many of us have lost the the ability to connect in person with those friends and the workplace has also become a more complicated place for us, as you were describing. And so we've really been craving 
work friends, like being connected to work friends, talking with other people who understand the job that you're doing and who can help you problem solve because you're kind of on the same team. So uh, yeah, it's been really interesting to, to feel that happen and see it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also, so I always have a list of questions that I send to my guests prior and we, I have literally not asked any question that I had. I'm being prepared to. I like took notes on your questions. I was like, I'm going to be so prepared. But before we go to the questions, when you were talking about um, share, I just, there's one thing I don't want to move on before we touch on it. Do, have you ever heard of the poet Sharon Olds? Uh, no. I'm going to send you this afterwards, or maybe like if you end up keeping this part, and you know, I'll send you the link and you can link it, but Sharon Olds has this poem called I go back to May, 1937. And it's a poem where she's talking about seeing her parents meet for the first time. Like it's like if she could go back in time and see her parents meeting, um, like seeing them. Oh no, it's there. She says, so I, I pulled up the poem. She says they're, they're together. So they're not meeting, but they're together. They're about to get married. So she's like, envisioning that she's watching her parents in their youths when they're about to get married and they're about to start having children and her parents, her childhood was not healthy and her parents weren't good to her. So she's like, she's basically seeing this disaster that's about to unfold, which is like the disaster of her parents about to get married. Mm -hmm. And she says she wants to go up to them and say, stop, don't do it she's the wrong woman. He's the wrong man. You're going to do things you can't imagine you would ever do. You're going to suffer. You're going to do bad things to children. You're going to want to die. This is from the poem. She says she wants to go up and say that to them, but instead she says, do what you are going to do and I will tell about it. Oh, I know. (laughs) I know. I can't even think of it. And I read that poem. I I think I first came across this poem when I was like 13 or something. And it was like the best thing I had ever seen because I have also always had this carried with me, this feeling like what is happening to me or what people do that I, that I'm a victim of or that I'm part of, or that I witness and that I feel pain for like do it. Like, let's have it, let's have it. And then I'll tell about it. And that's my life work. And I think that that's also part of why I resonate so much with you. And you talk about that as a writer and as a YouTuber. Um, And I wanted to share that poem with you because it's, it's always been like the, the thing that explains that impulse for me. That is, I wrote that down i'm gonna look up the poem and probably like screenshot it so i can always have it on my phone but i also just wrote that down because that is so powerful and i feel like at this moment in my life like i really actually needed to hear those words that oh wow i'm just really glad that you shared that that I'm was... so glad. Good. Oh. Cause I had, I'm sorry, I like derailed the conversation. I was like, no. we can't move on until I tell you this poem, but no. just as you were talking it, it came up in my mind and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, she's talking about this thing. Like you mm-hmm. were talking about this thing that Sharon Olds wrote about in this poem. Um, and, and I always want to like put, make the connection when that happens. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you for sharing that with me. That's amazing. Uh, well, to move over to, I'll, I'll, I'll ask a few of my questions okay. um, just to work a little bit of YouTube into here too, because I'm yeah. sure, like I, I told you before we started, you've been my most requested guest to bring on <laughs> to the podcast. I feel really <laughs> smug and pleased about that. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, and I was like, most definitely, because, you know, the times that I visited LA, which I think it was like November and December of 2019. I think I was there back to back months. Oh my gosh. I um, which is time, crazy. Okay. We're not going to talk about how weird time is this year because I feel like right. it's all we talk about this year, but it's just shocking to me because I feel like it was so long ago, but not long ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go on. Go on. I know. It's, I was looking through some of my old, like I was just like scrolling through my Instagram feed last night Why I was doing this to myself. I have no idea, but it was like, here's me in LA. Oh, look, here I am. I'm in LA again. Oh, here I am in New York. Here I am in Florida. I'm like, oh Lord. Like it was so sad (laughs) to like read all of these travel books. The times that we, that I came out to LA and we were able to talk, you know, both times was for like a whirlwind trip. Like I think the one day I was only there for two days. I think I only had one full day. Yeah, it was quick, super fast. But, you know, each time I was able to see you and it felt like when we talked, like we could have just kept talking. I remember we were at that party with, yeah. it was that Magic Links party with the painter. With the, the trampoline, Brian <laughs> the, Floats, the trampoline yes, painter. The trampoline painter. But I remember that we started talking and we were like, we were talking downstairs. and But that it was such like an intense conversation. We even like walked upstairs for like another thing, but we just uh-huh. kept talking. And it was like, I mean, we I, we don't even have to be at this party. We could just be like chilling at home, just having these conversations. But it's just so crazy when, you know, it might sound weird, but it's like when your soul finds someone who I know, you can yeah. have all of these conversations with, it's just like such an interesting thing. So I really you didn't I could know. Probably, we could probably re- record a podcast every day for like oh, a we, year. <laughs> honestly, we probably could because, you know, even as I was putting these questions together to send you, I was like, I don't really know. I remember I had, I I wrote three questions down and I usually try to aim for like eight or so, seven, eight, somewhere in there. And I wrote down three and I was like, I just feel like I don't need to write down any more questions because I don't think we're going to talk about them. And I almost just sent you a couple and and was going to say like, you know, we might just go off the cuff and that's fine. But I was like, I don't, that's not really fair. Like, what if I like ask a question and it's like super unprepared or something you don't want to answer, you know, sometimes I'll send questions and a guest will be like, Hey, I don't really want to talk about that. And it's like, that's cool. I'll strike that from the list. So I almost did that, but then it's just so funny because as we come on, you know, I usually jump into like the first question on my list, but we just went off in a hole and I was like, I knew it. I knew this is what was going to happen <laughs> and I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm not mad. Well, I'll try to give concise answers to the questions. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. I'll try. I love it. But well, so let's talk about YouTube because that is what okay. connected us. That's what brought us together. But you just have such a fascinating story to me because you started a beauty YouTube channel by going on a no buy year, which you weren't buying any makeup or any beauty products. And it was just such a turn from what we, I think maybe expect of like the traditional makeup channels. Yeah. So especially to start it that way, I remember getting the comments from people like you should check out Hannah Louise post and she's doing a a no buy year. And I was like, 
what in Sam Hill isn't nobody here? <laughs> what and is like, this? how is she even making videos? Yes, like, I'm so confused. So can you talk about what inspired you to not only start a channel, but how you decided to come up with that particular, and I'm going to say topic, but it was yeah. really more like lifestyle decision. How, how did this come about? Yeah, it was sort of a coincidence, but it was also sort of a situation where the two ideas or the two impulses fed into each other. I had, like I said, I'd been watching beauty YouTube for maybe a year and a half pretty intensively. Um, I had, I had gotten really into it. I had always liked makeup and been interested in it, Mm -hmm. but I had never really been like a makeup person and really learned the ropes until I started watching YouTube. And then I had gotten really into it. Like I fell in love with the potential for makeup and the cosmetics themselves. And so I was just, I have a genuine deep love that like existed in me, I think when I was born and was waiting to blossom and was flourishing in me long before I got the idea to do a no buy year. I was just like really into it. So I was watching beauty YouTube around the clock, basically for all of 2017. And I started to be really curious about what it would be like to start a channel. I started thinking about it. I started wanting to do it. I was lonely, I think, for other people who enjoy makeup like I do because I didn't know anyone. Like I literally did not know anyone. And so I was watching you and Lauren and everyone. You know, I was like watching everyone, but I wanted to like be with you. You know, I like wanted to do, I wanted to be a creator in the community because I am a perennially like obsessively creative person and it just felt like the logical next step for me. So I had this like burning interest in it. And I really hoped that by starting a channel, I could forge real connections with other people in the beauty space. And of course that turned out to be true, which is so great. (laughs) But that was all, it's almost like, I think that that was just happening organically separate from the no by year. But at the same time, as I got closer and closer to the point where I felt ready to start a channel, my issue with spending was really coming to a head. And of course my overspending was also driven by my viewership of YouTube. So Mm -hmm. the fact that I was watching so much YouTube was causing me to want to start my own channel and also causing me to spend way too much on makeup. So as I got towards the end of 2017, I finally faced the music and I realized that I could not keep spending on beauty products in the way that I had been. And I strongly believed, and I think that I was right, that the only way to stop was to force myself to go cold turkey for a whole year. Like I was so messed up over it. I was, my spending was so bad. I was like, you have to literally force yourself to stop. It has to be for a whole year. So I decided to do that. And then I was like, why not combine the two projects? Why not do them at the same time? So it was like the no by year gave me the kick in the pants that I needed to make my dream of starting a YouTube channel a reality. Mm -hmm. Because once I started the no by year, at the beginning of 2018, I was like, I have to start the channel right now. I was like, this is the time. I have to get the equipment. I have to start because I wanted to record the whole year. I didn't want to miss anything. And yeah. so then I was off and running. I love what you said about 
like watching other creators and like wanting to be involved because that was how I felt when I started watching YouTube. It didn't take me long from starting to watch YouTube and get really invested to me starting my channel because I was like, what? <laughs> I want to do this too. Yeah, you're like, so, I want to do it too. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, just, it's like, yeah. So when you said that, I was like, I absolutely relate because I, I definitely had those feelings. But so when you started, and you start it with, because I think your very first video is like, this is my no by year type yeah. of title. Um, how I'm, I'm very curious, but how was the response from the viewers? Because when I started YouTube in 2015, the climate at the time was all about buying and showing the, the new products, like even I would use a lot of the same products over and over again. And I would get comments from people saying like, you use, do you only have one foundation? You only ever use that one foundation. Can you buy something else? And it was like, what, why? Like, (laughs) I don't understand why you're so concerned about my makeup collection. Like, yes, I have one foundation. I think it looks good. It makes me feel good. Why is this an issue? But so I started to feel a lot of pressure to buy the new stuff. So did you, feel that pressure once you actually start it? Or did you find that the viewers were being very supportive of this idea of the no by year? Yeah, this is so interesting because it reminds me that it reminds me of the fact that I was pretty sure that no one would want to watch my channel (laughs) and my no by year because of what you're talking about. It's funny Mm -hmm. to think back on it now because right now my channel is, I'd say small, but healthy. You know what I mean? Like it's not like blowing up, but it's also thriving at its size. And, and I've started to just, that's just normal to me now, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But when I started it, I expected to pretty much stay obscure. Like I, I expected that my channel would stay tiny, that I would stay in obscurity as a YouTuber and that I was just doing it kind of for myself because I was curious about the process of recording videos and I wanted to join the party. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason that I expected it, it to stay small and that I expected to stay in obscurity is that my, my understanding of beauty YouTube was that it was a place for people to go and indulge in their instinct to overspend on products. It was almost like a place where people would go to get like permission from someone to mm-hmm. overspend, like to buy like a, a 50th foundation, even though they already had 49, like people went to YouTube to have overspending normalized for them because they wanted to do it. Um, and they wanted it to like, they wanted to like be part of a community where other people were buying makeup without asking themselves if it was a wise financial decision. So I thought that people would come to my channel and be like, (laughs) you know, thank you next, because they wouldn't (laughs) be getting that, from me. But it turned out that because that was true, and I think that I it was true about YouTube at that time, and in many ways it still is true. And you know what you're describing, like it was still true when I started my channel, but because that was true and because it had been true for so long, there were a lot of people out there who were dealing with the same issues that I was dealing with. They had been watching YouTube from a genuine, passionate love of beauty products that's pure and wonderful, but that had caused them, the climate had caused them to go into overdrive and to have this kind of spending normalized. And they were kind of like, 
lost, like didn't know Mm -hmm. what to do. And in the back of their minds, maybe wanted to change their habits and become more introspective around their beauty spending, but they didn't know where to start. So those people, I got a great response from because they would, they would stumble on my channel and they'd be like, Oh my gosh, you're talking out loud about this thing that is, it has only ever been like in my subconscious or it's like been, it's been bubbling under the surface, but nobody's ever said it. So then there, there were people subscribing because they, there was like this kind of relief. And then there was another thing that went on, which I think this might sound funny, but I thought that people were going to be turned off by the way that I talk. Oh. I feel like I, I was really self-conscious about it at the beginning. I, I feel like I, <laughs> I kind of talk like a college professor who's glitching, like like, like glitching into you speak. It's so weird, but it turned out that a lot of people liked that and subscribed for that. And that was a huge surprise to me. Oh, that makes me so happy to hear that there is a positive feedback to that because like, like I said, like that's, that is really one thing that drew me into you. I was like, she speaks so eloquently and I was like, I feel like I have a pretty good vocabulary, but it's usually like I have to, because people, I think maybe assume because I am a writer that I do have like an amazing range of vocabulary, but well, thank you. I don't don't think it's that but you know, a lot of times when I write, I just write whatever and then I go back and that's when I polish things up and I add in the the bigger words and I edit myself and, and all of those things. So. Yeah, I can remember like first watching your videos and I was like, I just, I don't know. I just, the the way that you speak, the way that you present yourself and carry yourself to me, it, it speaks to having a lot of confidence. And I think I'm really drawn to women who are very confident because that's something that I struggle with is self-confidence. And so I, you know, I get the sense of if I, if I watch people who are confident or I surround myself with other confident women that maybe it will help like build me up too, because it's so true. I can look to them I, I as actually, kind of like role models. Yeah. It's, no, it's so true. And I, I even think there's something almost deeper than like, it's, or it's almost more integrated than role models. Like I think, I think of a role model as like, you see somebody that you aspire to be like in the future mm-hmm. and then you work towards it. But I find that when I spend time around my, my, female peers who are really inherently confident or watch them on YouTube. It's like it, it makes me, it brings, uh, how can I say it? It exposes something in me that was already there. So it's not the same as like, as like putting your mind to working towards something. It's like it peels back the layers that were covering up something that I was already in. And I felt like I had to hide it, but like, being around you and hanging out with you when you were here and like hanging out with Lauren when I get to do that. And, you know, being around my other non-YouTube friends, it's like, I always come back from like girls weekends or spending time with girls, just feeling like more pure and polished. Mm -hmm. Like I've been able to sort of shed the layers that I habitually cover myself up with. So I just, I'm just saying, I've, I've been thinking about that a lot lately too. I've been thinking back on times when I, I felt really transformed by being around other women and it does have to do with confidence. Yeah. I'm glad that I'm glad you get that from my channel, but I, I was self-conscious about appearing like that on camera because it, I, it just, 
seemed like not the done thing. Yeah. <laughs> YouTube, it seemed yeah. like it just wasn't the thing, <laughs> but it worked out. Glad that you said about the whole like exposing something that's already there. I feel like that is also such a true thing. And since since being able to, you know, have this Marco Polo app, I, I, I was saying in my podcast that I did with Angie that um, we need to be sponsored by Marco Polo. I'm not sure why they're yes. not sponsoring any YouTubers yet. Agree, agree. <laughs> because, Strong hello, agree. Yeah. Like, give us some coupon codes yeah. because that's also expensive for their pro plan. But I, a lot of us have really connected over that. And it's so funny because I'll be talking to some people. Like I, I was having a conversation with uh, Aniel Ganikvist uh, not too long ago. And she was saying, she was like, you know, I'm putting this video up because I know it's good. I know I did a good job. Yeah. And I know if people click on it, they're going to like it. And they're going to they're gonna subscribe to my channel because I know it's a good video. I did a good job on it. I worked hard. I did a good job. And I was like, you're right. That's how, Yes. Absolutely. I did a good job too. I worked really hard. I spent a lot of time editing. I did a lot of time researching. Like I curled my hair. Like I did a good job on this video. Yeah. And it's just, I, I don't know what it is, if it's a female thing or if it's just like how we've been trained in life to be like very, you know, I, I said this in one of my YouTube videos the other day, but I've, I've spent a lot of years silencing my success because it's like, it's too much for other people. If yeah. you're, if you're too confident or if you talk about yourself too much or your accomplishments, you're braggy and you're just you're just too much. But I just don't want to live like that anymore. Yeah. I don't want that to be my thought plan. So it's so funny because I'll start to get down on myself and then I'll turn on to Marco Polo and I have a friend there's like, you did a good job today. You did a good job on that video. I love that video. I like that tweet <laughs> you sent out. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am doing things right. And it's just, it's so funny. So when I get to go on these trips and I get to travel and meet other YouTubers and we get to talk to each other, not just about YouTube and our jobs, but just life in general and how we handle certain things. Yeah. Like you said, I always come back feeling more enlightened. I feel braver. I feel more confident. And it's something that's absolutely just to me, it's almost like an indescribable feeling of, yeah. of how I feel when I come back from from being around a lot of the people that I've chosen to surround myself with. Yeah. Yeah, it's so great. And I love that we're at a point in the history of women's lives in, in America. I mean, I, I think it's worldwide in a way, but I think about it a lot in terms of American culture. But I love that we're at a point in the history of women's lives in America where we can we can get that kind of inspiration from other women by being around them because yeah. it's almost like we we've been trying to break through this this lid like this covering and mm-hmm. I'm I'm not even just talking about real concrete stuff like you know the glass ceiling or the pay gap or all of that stuff but subtler cultural stuff that like tell this this thing that is in the air that we breathe that makes women feel like it's not the done thing to be really proud of yourself or to say that you did a good job or to talk about how happy you are that you put all that time into that thing because it came out perfectly you know it's like Mm -hmm. we feel like it's not cute to be like that um but it's like so we're working I think on breaking through that and sort of destroying that, shedding that, mm-hmm. that thing that's holding us back. 
And I feel like everybody's got like one hand free. You know what I mean? Like rather than maybe like 20 years ago or 40 years ago when like so many women had like both hands tied behind their backs and there were just a few who were like trying to figure out what was wrong and talk about it so that we could get free. I feel like we're kind of now in the situation where it's like most of us have like one hand free so we can help each other and like we can watch each other and be around each other and use our free hand to like help each other out. Um, that's very, very exciting to me. It feels like there's movement, there's, there's change. And I feel like there's evidence, just there's evidence of that just in the fact that just being around each other for a little while, even though I might feel like my confidence is tarnished and you might feel like yours is, if we can get together and be in each other's presence, we can polish each other's confidence up somehow. And I, I just think that's really special. I'm glad that that we're living through that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that was such a beautiful thing you said about the confidence <laughs> being tarnished and we can polish it up. I'm like, oh my gosh. And like, yet, as I was cry. saying it, I was like, I'm such a nutcase. Why am I using this intense metaphor? No, <laughs> no I think <laughs> that's just inside my brain. Yeah, I, that was so beautiful. I felt like I could feel something inside of me move when you mm. said that. So mm-hmm. I just... I love Yay. that. You, yes, I that that was so beautiful. And yeah, not to harp too much on 2020, <laughs> but it's like, oh, it's, God. you know, that's something that got taken away from us. And I know that it affected me. I know. Yeah. I, I mean, I had travel plans every single month starting in January, every single month I was going to be gone somewhere. And it all was relating to YouTube and, and meeting other people. So to have that taken away, it was like, oh, <laughs> Oh, but again, we've all done such an amazing job of try, like keeping the connections going because, yeah. you know, I, I, I know some other people have experience too because I've been able to talk about it. But I know that I have with people that I see in real life that I live not far from and, you know, used to see every weekend. Then it was when it turned into like, we can't leave our houses, we can't go anywhere. I mean, really those friendships and those connections have kind of fizzled out. Because you really do, you have to be putting extra work in right now. Yeah. You have to be putting in the extra time, the extra energy to go the extra mile in order to keep these connections. And not all of them are lasting, but I think a, a lot of the people that I'm around in the sense of who do the same thing as me, like we've gone above and beyond <laughs> for, yeah. for, for people, which I just think is incredible. Makes me happy to be a part of this community That's for sure. Great. I could do better. I should, I should do more Marco Polo. It's like, I think I said this in a video recently, but I'm such an introvert that it took me like six months to start like missing people. You know what I mean? Like I I feel (laughs) like five months of forced social distancing where you have to stay in your house. is like all I've ever (laughs) wanted in my life. (laughs) And I was just, so for the first five months, I was just like, nobody's knocking on my door. (laughs) Nobody's asking me to go anywhere. And then I hit a point where I was like, okay, this is, this is a bit much. And so it's it's like only now I'm starting to kind of come out of my shell and be like, let's Marco Polo. Like, let's, let's talk, you know? Um, But now I'm now I'm ready now. I'm ready to join the party once again. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, You know, I was, 
I was a little bit intimidated about Marco Polo at first because I heard about it months before I started using it. I was like, I don't know if like this, it almost seems like we're just, we're just talking to each other, like video chatting (laughs) with each other. Like, what if I don't have any makeup on? Is anyone going to judge me? Because whenever they see me online, I'm always in a full face. I Marco Polo with no makeup on 98% of the time. Same. It doesn't even matter. My hair is everywhere. I have sweatshirts on. I'm like, I don't care. Half the time I'm like, walking around and setting the phone down so you can just see directly at my nose i don't care whatever yeah. it's fine like yeah, in the like beginning eating, i was like we got a sleepover yeah, right it's fine like it's all good so mm. i am glad that you joined the party and that i got to <laughs> i got to hang out with you on zoom for a few minutes the other night yeah that was so fun <laughs> my work kind of took me away from that one but yeah even doing something like zooms and it, it's been it's been so helpful because it's been quite a year, but, um, well, I'll ask. So, so you did the no by year and you did that for a full year. I did it. And that's, you know, wild. It was. <laughs> but after that, you've moved on to the beauty budget series. So how did you decide like this would be your next step? Because I remember being curious about that when it was getting towards the end of your no, I was like, is she going to do it? again yeah (laughs) what's gonna happen next no yeah that's a good question it was interesting to get to the point by the time I finished the no by year you know there my channel like it wasn't tiny and obscure um you know it did feel like there were people who were watching so I was like oh goodness gracious I have to like really be clear about why I'm taking these next steps and like what I'm deciding to do next. So that was an interesting time. Um, But you know, the no by year, I didn't do it because I never want to shop again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't do it because I think shopping is evil. I actually really think that acquiring beautiful things, as long as it fits with your budget and your lifestyle And as long as you're doing it in a way that's like, like healthy, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. healthy across the board um, can really add value to someone's life. Like I just, I love beauty. I love beautiful things. And I think that that love is, is real and wonderful and pure. And it's part of what makes me who I am. And if I didn't have that passionate love, I wouldn't have gotten into the trouble that I was in in the first place. So, um, you know, it's, it's complicated sorting out a love that has kind of like gone wild and turned into something bad, you know? Um, so I, that was what I was doing with a no by year. I was trying to change my habit. I was trying to change my relationship with shopping. So I, I took a year off to give myself a reset. And I feel like what it did was it rewired my brain. So it changed like the, the pathways in my brain that were leading me to buy something, even if I didn't really want it or buy something just because I felt bad and buying something would make me feel better. You know, it like gave me time to restructure my decision-making process because it was like my decision-making process around shopping had become polluted. Like it had gone, it had gotten all convoluted and and mucked up and it's like, it didn't work anymore. The machine didn't work. So I like, I gave myself a year to like, to, to let the machine like self clean. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the year, I was like, okay, now I have to rebuild that machine. Like, I, I don't want to 
I don't want to be on a no buy forever, Mm -hmm. but I also didn't want to backslide. And because I had not bought anything in a year, I was worried that as soon as I did it, I would immediately go out of control again. So I was like, I need to, I, I was like, I need to have rules in place. I need new rules. Um, and they need to be just as strict as the no buy rules, but they need to be rules about buying stuff rather than rules about not buying stuff. So I did this really strict budget. I, I think even at the time I knew that natural moderation was the goal. Like I want to get to a place where I don't have to be so strict with myself because self-control is more natural to me. Like I know myself and I'm just more calm around shopping. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning, I was like, I can't just go right from a no buy to being like really good at moderating. So I did a super strict, strict budget and it was really hard. It was harder than the no buy because it's really easy to just, when you, when your only rule is that you're not doing a thing at all, then you're either breaking the rule or you're not, you know? That's so true. that's like very black and white. It was not easy to follow. It, it was not easy to not break the rule. Like it was hard, but it was easy to understand. It was easy for like my subconscious to understand, but budgeting, it's like, you're allowed to do the thing a little bit at a time. (laughs) And like, so you're allowed to do it, but you can't go, you can't do too much of it or you can't go. And like, that was just, that was the hardest. It was really, really hard. Um, But I did a whole year of that. I had a really strict monthly budget. Um, And this year I've been able to move into like softer rules and more natural moderation. And that was rocky at the beginning, but it's gotten much easier. And I really feel like I'm in my stride right now. Like I'm a totally different person with regards to shopping than I was three years ago. Well, that's amazing. And would, yes, it totally makes sense what you said about a no buy versus a budget because it it is, it's either you just don't buy it. Or once you start getting into it, it's like, Ooh, should I buy this? And then I can buy that. But if I buy this then I can't buy that, like, Oh yeah, that's a, that is a totally different ball game. But, you know, it's almost like you were, I'm really big on healthy habits. Yeah. Like literally as we're recording this, I have, I was just filling out my October calendar today. I print out Uh the calendar and I put one, one, one goal, one tiny like piece of something that I want to work on that day. Because to me, I've been doing this for over a year now. It helps me build healthier habits instead of like trying to do too much at once. Like I just put little things down on, on my list and, you know, go from there. So I've been really into that idea of if I can make these little changes piece by piece, not too overwhelming a little bit at a time, it will turn me into my best version of myself. And so I feel like that was kind of almost what you were to like, that's what you've been like building up to and just you know, just being a better version of you and just being more aware of, you know, I'll say the word weaknesses, but we all have them and we all have bad habits and we all, you know, and it's, if you can be aware of them and you can make steps to not 
do them, I guess. Yeah. Like literally on my, what day is it? On October 14th on my list, it's a Wednesday, cut out a bad habit. Right. You know, sometimes for me, that's not drinking a coffee, not skipping a workout, not staying up to, you know, whatever a bad habit might be. I, I solely focus on that and try to turn that around because over time, then it just turns into a, a more of a lifestyle change for me. So that's kind of what I was thinking when you were saying that, that now you're entering into another year, you can kind of get a little bit more lax on it because it's just been turning into a different way of living for yeah. you. I think the thing that's really wild about the no buy year though, is that, um, you know, the changing habits, I mean, it's something that I think everybody at some point gets it in their mind to try to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had tried to change the way that I interacted with shopping for years. I had tried to budget. I mean, basically I was just out of control. I didn't really keep track of how much I was spending. And I always, I was always spending too much for me. And I had tried so many times I had been like, okay, this, this month I'm only going to spend a hundred dollars at Sephora or like this month, I'm not going to buy any more like, lip products. Like I had, I had, I was constantly trying, but it was the habit for me, that particular habit. Cause I have other habits that I've changed with kind of light measures, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it's not like I have to take a year off every time I want to change something, <laughs> but this particular habit, the habit of overspending, buying too many beautiful things, constantly shopping for beautiful things, like spending all my spare time shopping for beautiful things that habit was so deeply entrenched that I couldn't go straight from having the habit to budgeting. I had to take a year off of engaging in the habit at all. And I'm really glad that I realized that because it's like the budgeting and what I'm doing now, learning to moderate, that's actually the real work. Like this Mm -hmm. is, this is my real life. Like this is the beginning of the rest of my life. It's, this is going to be how it is. But that I had to do the no by year as like an emergency intervention with myself. I had to just force myself, starve myself of it to erase all of the bad pathways. And I think that uh, when it comes to the concept of rewriting habits or forming new habits, I think it's important to recognize that some habits can just be changed by force of will. Just if you get it in your head and you're determined, you can do it. But some habits are really ingrained in your in the in the chemistry of your brain, like mm-hmm. really deeply deep in there and like in your subconscious and in your history and like in your business in such a way that you have to give yourself space, you have to back away and just do the simple thing, which is resist doing it at all. Sometimes for a really long time before you can have the freedom, the strength and the wherewithal to forge a new version of that behavior. That totally makes sense. And it's, it's so, it's been so interesting to watch your journey. Cause again, that's, that's really how I found you early on was the snow by, I was very interested in it to see how it went then to see the beauty budget. And cause you really break it down in your, (laughs) I really break it down. I mean, we really break it down. (laughs) You let us know what is up, which is very cool. Yeah. I remember the month I bought one thing and the video was like 45 (laughs) minutes long. I love that. It's fine. 
<laughs> that's fine. That's totally a me thing that I would do also. So it's fine. I, I can relate. Um, but it's just, it's been really fun to watch your journey and to see how it's changed. And I mean, I'm sure that you get a, a lot of messages yourself so you can attest to it. But to me, it's like, I feel like you've definitely probably helped change a lot of people to make them think a different way, make them slow down. Um, but also, and I mean, we'll definitely have to come back to do another podcast because I, I didn't that. even, yes, I didn't even bother to put this on the topic. Cause I was like, I know there's just, there's just no way we'll get to it today. But when I started to really change my mindset too about the makeup that I was buying, because I did, I put myself into a lot of debt when starting YouTube because I let those comments get to me about why do you only have one foundation? Why are you only talking about new makeup, but you're not showing it? I, I let those comments get to me because financials is one of my vulnerabilities. I did not grow up wealthy. I have been homeless. I have always struggled with money. It's what it's how I correlate money is with a struggle. Yeah, I me don't, too. I hate yes, it. I, hate I don't see it. money as an easy thing, a fun thing, mm-hmm. something like enjoyable to talk about. I see it as an absolute struggle. So because that's such a big vulnerability I have, when people would be picking on me on the internet about not having enough and why can't you just go buy it? Why can't you be like other people and go buy the new stuff? I was like, it, it made me feel some sort of way because I felt so less than. And so it was like, I know that I don't have this. I know that I don't have the extra money to go buy makeup, but I'm going to, because it just hit such a sore spot for me. And what did, Oh, go on. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I think I was just going to say, and maybe this is kind of getting into, we could do a whole podcast on this, but I was mm-hmm. going to say, I, I also really, um, talking about money makes me really uncomfortable. Like it's, it's even yeah. hard for me to, it's hard for Joe to get me to sit down and like talk about our household budget <laughs> because yeah. I just, I'm always like, let's do it tomorrow. I just, yeah, I hate it. It makes me feel like a cold chill inside. And I think that there have been many times since I started my channel where I was like, am I crazy? Like, am I crazy for starting a YouTube channel about kind of about money, like about Mm -hmm. not about finances. And like, I basically, the premise of my channel requires me to talk about it. And it's one of the things that makes me feel really exposed and uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. in my, I would love like, it's like a fantasy, magical fantasy rainbow dream. The idea of having a YouTube channel where you never talk about your personal finances and you never talk about money. You just talk about makeup and you just like review it for its own sake. And you don't talk about how much it costs and you don't talk about like, like the, how much it adds up to over time. And you don't talk about what a normal amount of spending is and like how it's different for everyone. That's like this, it would make me feel so sort of safe and protected and it would be so easy and it would be so comfortable. And I would never have these anxieties that I have when I talk about money on the internet. Mm -hmm. But the reason that I got into such hot water in the first place with my spending is because there are so many channels like that out there. And when I really started thinking about it, I was like, why are there not more people who are bringing up this very real, 
like in, an incredibly huge problem that is often associated with really loving makeup, which is that it's kind of expensive. Yeah. And like, I would watch these channels that were not even very big. And at that time I didn't know what the back end of YouTube looked like. So I didn't know how much money they might or might not be making from their channels, but I would watch them and I would see them with all this makeup and they'd be buying all this makeup all the time. And I would be like, but it's costing them like tens of thousands of dollars. Like if you ever, if you sit down and do the math and I would be like, are they making that much from YouTube and then making enough on top of that to, to make it be worth it? Like I just, I I couldn't figure out the math didn't make sense to me. And then I was thinking about all the viewers who are watching it and they were like thinking that it's normal to buy all these eyeshadow palettes every month. And I was like, but it's thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I couldn't, I, I just kind of couldn't wrap my mind around it. It felt like this sort of, it's, it felt so obvious, like a giant elephant in the room that nobody on beauty YouTube, I mean, it's not nobody, there were people talking about it, but mm-hmm. I grew over time to feel like it was like this giant elephant in the room. So I couldn't start a channel without talking about it because I, I was just, it was on my mind so much, but I understand why people don't because it it's like, what a dream that would be to just talk right. about makeup and pretend like it it's not putting people into credit card debt mm-hmm. to buy as much makeup as you're showing on your screen. And I think I did get to a point and I I've said this in my videos once I started to talk about what actually goes on behind the scenes and how much it does cost to be a YouTuber versus what you get paid in AdSense and everything yeah. and I said once I started to form connections with other YouTubers and talk to them and I'd be like how are you buying all this new makeup? I don't understand. Like, is there some sort of like monetization I haven't stumbled upon yet? (laughs) Or like, will you tell me the secrets? And as I talked to more people and more people told me that they were in credit card debt and more people told me they had rooms full of makeup that they never use and they were frustrated by that. I was like, oh, we're all sitting here pretending. Yes. Online. We're all just pretending together. Yeah. And that was a big wake up call for me. But then also watching your videos, it really did give me a strength to talk about it because again, I didn't want to, I did not want to make videos talking about how I went into credit card debt over makeup because I knew I would have family and friends watching that. And that's really embarrassing to me. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I hate it when I find out that someone I know outside of YouTube watches my YouTube channel. I hate always makes me so embarrassed, which is so weird because so many people watch it. I know. I know. It's like a video can get 10,000 views and my mom's like, hey, I watched your video. I'm like, really? You did? Why? Oh, okay. (laughs) It's so funny. But it is. Go ahead. I love that what you said about realizing like, oh, we're all just sitting here online pretending together Mm -hmm. because I, I, that was the sense that I had and I, mm-hmm. and I was, um, and so it just, it's actually really interesting and helpful to hear it, hear it from like how you found out about it, your investigations into that and the way that it kind of dawned on you. Um, but it also makes me want to take it further and be like, well, 
a, a huge group of people. We were all sitting here online pretending together. Mm-hmm. Those are people who are kind of um, only making a certain amount from YouTube. Like they only have a certain number of subscribers, kind of like the smaller beauty community. But once you get up to a certain level, like those, the mega stars on YouTube, the people with millions of subscribers, they are making enough money to cover them buying all of that makeup. And they're mm-hmm. also getting a lot in PR. So for them, they weren't just sitting there pretending because right. they're, they're earning. The other people who are earning money are um, the people who run YouTube. Like YouTube was earning money. Like, so for, so if, you know, a bunch of people are just constantly buying makeup and reviewing it and losing money in their own personal business of their own YouTube channel because they're having to spend more money on makeup than they could make making videos about makeup. And if everyone was like doing that all together and it was sort of an illusion, it wasn't good for any of those people, but it was good for YouTube because YouTube was taking the money, you know, YouTube was taking the, their part of the AdSense. So YouTube was like profiting off of small beauty YouTubers running themselves into the ground buying makeup to review. And so the fact that that was the culture and that that illusion, that pretending all together was a culture that was in place, there are people profiting off of that at the highest level. And that Mm. makes me feel so sad and frustrated. And then the other people profiting off of it are, are, you know, corporations who sell the makeup because Mm -hmm. it wasn't just everyone online sitting there pretending together. It was also a bunch of viewers who would go to that place in order to pretend that it was okay to spend that much. And so, you know, people who sell makeup were getting rich off of it too. And so when I think about that, that really gives me the courage and the strength to keep pushing forward and keep talking about it and to keep being honest and keep just opening up because it's, it can't go on. <laughs> it just yeah. can't go on like that. It's, it's so we're, we're all, we'll all end up like victims of this larger capitalist culture. Okay. Well, I think I will wrap us up here, even though it's like, I could, I, I, I mean, I could keep going forever. So you're definitely going to have to come back again. Okay. And I feel like that was a good spot to, to end this one, but this was so much fun. Thank like, I, I mean, really a, a huge thank you to, to come on because you know, even though we might not be in person, we are talking one-on-one here. And I already know that I'm leaving this chat feeling more confident and more empowered. And that's such a huge deal to me. So I I really do appreciate you coming on and really diving into all of the different topics with me. (laughs) Me too. I feel exactly the same way from talking to you. And I'm sorry I got so (laughs) dramatic and preaching no. there at the end no <laughs> I mean, not at all it's dark but it's like it's good to it's good to think about and think about how we can honor the fact that we really do love beauty and beautiful mm-hmm. things and love makeup and love buying makeup and mm-hmm. make space to keep living our lives and loving what we love but without it spiraling out of control yeah yeah always achieving balance i feel like that's yeah. like I feel like that's just life these days. (laughs) I mean, yes, but uh, okay. So before we wrap up, do you want to tell the listeners where they can find you online? Yes, please come find me online. So (laughs) if you would like to basically all of my, (laughs) all of my quote unquote branding is just my full (laughs) name, which is Hannah Louise 
Poston. So hannahlouiseposton.com is my website. Hannah Louise Poston is the name of my YouTube channel. And then my Instagram handle is at hannahlouiseposton. On Instagram mm-hmm. and YouTube are my two primary forms of social media. Although I do have this very small Twitter account called Life with Joe, <laughs> at Life with Joe, where I only tweet things that Joe says. That's really worth and following as well. It's yeah, come, definitely worth the follow. <laughs> I follow agree. Follow me on Instagram and watch me on YouTube. And if you'd like to read my writing, you can visit my website. Amazing. Okay. I will list all that in the show notes. And thank you again for coming on. Thank you for having me. This was just the best. All right. Another big thank you to Hannah Louise Poston for coming on. It was such a joy to talk to her. We had uh, our, our podcast interview scheduled for a Friday night and it was just such a, a fun way to spend my Friday because again, there's been so many times that I've interviewed guests for this podcast where I forget that I'm speaking into a microphone, where I forget that I'm technically recording and I should be watching the sound levels and, and all of those things because I'm just enjoying myself so much. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate all of the love and the support on this podcast and that I get to keep doing this and keep bringing on new guests. And it's been such a highlight for me, especially in the year 2020, where we haven't been able to travel and see one another. You know, there's been so many guests that I have brought on this podcast that I did have travel plans with them in 2020 that have all had to have been canceled. And, you know, while doing a podcast, over just audio is definitely not the same thing. It's still something and it's still something that we get to do and we get to enjoy. And then I I really hope that you're enjoying listening to these conversations and these interviews. Uh, When I had planned the third season, I knew that I wanted to bring on a lot of guests, but then especially with the COVID pandemic, I thought it's just going to be the right time to really put an effort in to bring a bunch of people on and it's I kind of struggle sometimes with doing the interviews because I get a, a lot of anxiety and I don't mind being a guest on other podcasts because someone else is kind of like running the show, but this is, you know, everything's up to me and I have to make sure everything is running smoothly and going well and staying on track. And I just feel a little bit nervous. Even asking guests to come on, I get I get really nervous to ask people because I don't want to anyone to feel like they have to come on and it's just kind of a, an overall nerve wracking thing, but I thought that it would be um, a good decision for this particular season. So thank you so much. If you have time, I would really love if you could uh, rate the podcast, if you're able to do that, where you listen to them or to leave a review or even just to share it out. I will have my social media links in the show notes. I will also have Hannah's down there because of course, if you're not following her yet, I would absolutely love if you went to check her out because I just think that she is fantastic. But I do share everywhere, you know, the day that a new episode comes up. So if you reshare or if you repost, or if you're listening and you share it, it really does mean a lot because word of mouth is really a big way that podcasts kind of get out there. So definitely would appreciate if you could take a few moments for that. And thank you so much for listening. I will have a new guest on next week. So stay tuned for that. And until next time, I will talk to you guys later. Mm-hmm.